Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, and Jake Dicker for the last time currently in studio. He's off to Wisconsin beginning tomorrow. How are we doing? Well, I'm kind of bummed because Jake's going to be gone, but on Wisconsin, man. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm bummed, but I'm, uh, this, has been, this has been great, and I'm, I'm very excited to stay on uh, calling in when I can, even while I'm uh, back at school, but this, is, this has been great. Yeah, great having you, Jake, and uh, we'll see you every Monday, right, on the radio? So. Yeah, some, we'll, we'll figure it out, but either Monday or Thursday. One of those days. Yeah, one of those days. And you mentioned it, Jake. Obviously, we're going to miss you, but what a way for you to go out. Unfortunate with the Walker Bueller <laughs> news that we're going to get into right now. But, yeah, that's not the right send-off that we wanted, but... Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot to get into, and we kind of <laughs> found out about it last night when Walker Bueller is going to be lost for the season. We'll get into that right now. So uh, with that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. <laughs> Just mentioned it, the Dodgers became the first team to win 80 games after they defeated the NL wild card contending Milwaukee Brewers 4 to nothing and Julio Urias lowered his ERA to 2.40. However, we just lost Mr. Walker Bueller for the season as he will undergo season-ending elbow surgery. How big of a loss was this and do the Dodgers even need Bueller guys to compete in the NL? Let's also not forget that Bueller got off to a slow start this season and allowed eight runs in six and a third inning um, in his first two June outings before being shut down because of a flexor strain. You know, that last part, Jihei, is why, listen, this is a big loss, but I I really believed at the time that it was a stretch to believe Walker Buehler was going to come back this season, and if he did, it was going to be right before the postseason, and what was he going to look like at that point in time? So... This is a huge loss, but at the same time, look at the way this team has played since Walker Bueller was shut down. And again, at the time, there was this feeling that this is a possibility. He he could be out for the season. And if he does come back, it'll be right before the postseason. They They are going to get some guys back. So this is not the news we wanted, but quite frankly, the way that they've been playing, the way that they've been pitching, um... This is not the end of the world. Again, I mean, if if Walker Bueller was Walker Bueller this season and this news just came out of left field, that'd be one thing. That is not the case. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers have had no problem winning games, obviously the first 80 games, without 
their usual dominant pitchers. I mean, Tyler Anderson stepped up, Tony Gonsolin, Brad Phil- I mean, not Brad Phillips, uh, Evan Phillips, right, is his name, uh, the reliever and the rest of the relievers. Mark Pryor's done a heck of a job um, with the pitching. So, look, they, they don't need Walker Buehler. Would it have helped? Yeah, of course it would help to have Walker Buehler and a healthy Clayton Kershaw to start a playoff series versus two guys that have really not pitched much in the playoffs and Tyler Anderson, not at all. And then... Um, Tony Gonsolin with limited innings, right? So, look, this is this is a huge loss, but it, the Dodgers have the best lineup, average-wise, they've probably ever had, and talent-wise. I know the power numbers for Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman aren't a lot, but they're getting hits. They both each have like 130 hits plus, right? So, this is a team that's going to be very hard to beat in the playoffs, but the Mets and Braves are both hot. They have pitching. And look, in a series, anything can happen, but I expect the Dodgers to still do well, even with their lack of pitching depth right now. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are 43-13 and 13 since Walker Buehler's last start. And while he was healthy, as we've said, he had an ERA north of four. Definitely wasn't his sharp self. So it hurts not getting him back. I mean, this is why I was pushing so hard for them to acquire a starting pitcher at the trade deadline, is because you didn't know what you were going to get back from him if he came back. Um, or when he came back, if at all. Um, and now we know we're not going to get him back. But just power pitching wins in October. You don't see a lot of these Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson guys yep. who are 92, 93, if that, um, keeping guys off balance. You know, guys, once they see them two or three times, especially a second start in the same week, kind of start to catch on, um, which is where I get kind of concerned. But Dustin May is going to have to be huge. I think he's probably locked into a starting role in October now if he comes back and is somewhat decent which I expect him to be his rehab starts went very well um, but this it's weird because we don't know exactly what the surgery is right they don't know he was on a throwing program we talked to Duarte about it the other day um, had some discomfort had another MRI and they don't know exactly what the issue is they're going to figure out once they get in there so we don't know how long he's out it could be he'll be ready to go for opening day or it could be he's out 18 months with Tommy John we don't I mean we just don't know what do you guys think the projected playoff rotation is in order if we're going to go one through four? In order, if if Kershaw's healthy, I'd Urias, Gonsolin, May, Kershaw. That's my guess because I think Kershaw's probably going to be a four or five inning guy in the playoffs if he's able to get his back to the point where he can throw it all. That's just my thought. Yeah, Urias has been the most consistent. You got to roll him in at number one. I mean, I guess Gonsolin has been, but Urias yeah. actually has playoff experience, right? Yeah, he's... Urias also yesterday. I'm not sure exactly what it is. It's one four two. Yeah. Lowered his career second half ERA is now the lowest of all time amongst pitchers with like a hundred innings in the second half. Um, and he wasn't he wasn't his best yesterday. And he threw five scoreless. So I think he's probably your best option with with Kershaw, May, and Gonsolin. Two, three, four. Is there any chance that he doesn't get the game one start? Yeah, I mean it depends. There's the Phillies, the Braves, and I think it's the Phillies and Braves are like two of the top five teams in the National League against left-handed pitching. So if they're trying to jump up game one and they have, you know, it just depends. It's all matchup wise, but I would guess that Julio's probably the game one starter in the playoff series. Hundred percent uh, for those reasons. I mean Kershaw's been inconsistent in his last starts before injuries. So I mean I wouldn't roll with him in game one, especially with teams like the Phillies and Braves who are great against left-handed pitching. Now, can they continue pitching like this? I mean, I think this has been such an amazing season in terms of, like, Tony DeGonsolin pitching the way that he has. Um, he's played well. Again, another, by the way, the Dodgers this season, five no, four pitchers have gone f- five innings with either a no-hitter or a perfect game. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. 
Kershaw went, so Kershaw what, two seven-inning perfect outings. Yeah. I was at Tyler Anderson's eight and a third no-hitter. I'm trying to think of the other one, but that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I've been saying since May that Gonsolin and Anderson are going to slip up and they're going to have four, two ERAs, and they just keep proving me wrong start after start. So, and my dad is so mad at me because I'm like, <laughs> they can't start in playoff games. And he's like, you're, because he's he thinks, because I'm like, Dustin May is going to start playoff games. And he's like, Dustin May hasn't done anything at the major league level, and these guys are 12 and 13 and 1. So, I mean, I get it. They just keep proving me wrong week after so week. So what after happens week. if you put Anderson in that uh, and have two left-handed pitchers and then May out of the pen if you need him? I just don't think Anderson's stuff plays out of the bullpen as well. I mean, May's stuff does play out of the bullpen, but That's May's stuff saying. plays the starter also, and I think you need, if he can do it, He's I think a power you need arm, five, like six innings out of him every playoff start if you can get it. I don't, I don't think you can stash him in the bullpen for three outs um, if he's able to get more than that. Now, if Bueller was healthy, obviously uh, not going to happen, unfortunately. Would he have been the ace? or in, Yeah, going for sure. That? If he was able to get back to a point where he was able to ramp up to starter innings because his a lot of these guys they got hurt like Kershaw we got a timetable Dustin May we knew the timetable Bueller was kind of quiet it was just like he's out and they didn't really give us anything so I don't know exactly what their plan was with him if he was going to have enough time to ramp up to be a starter if he was then yes he's the one but if not he could have been a like a bullpen guy I don't know I really have no idea how that would have played out it would have gotten really interesting if Bueller was healthy and you have six or seven guys who all on 80% of teams are playoff starters vying for that those third and fourth uh, starting rota- uh, rotation spots in the playoffs. Well, let's go on to a team, unfortunately, that's having not so much of luck. The Angels collapsed in the ninth inning uh, last night with two errors and four runs by the Mariners en route to a 6-2 loss at the Big A. Brandon, you were there. What was the uh, atmosphere like, and have the Angels hit a new low? I wouldn't say it's a new low, considering they won five out of six before this game. Um, the low was four, you know, 14 losses in a row early on in the season and barely winning any games in July. They've actually been relatively great in August. They have the best ERA in the big leagues since July 24th of any team, which is surprising. They can't hit. That's another problem. I mean, I'd be surprised if the hitting coach doesn't get fired. That's just that would be a colossal like mistake because they have like six guys that are hitting a buck fifty basically in that lineup in Rojas, Velasquez, Duger, whatever they play. Right, Uh, Sierra's proven to hit more, but yeah, I mean this team. Simple things, simple things like disciplined teams don't let this stuff happen. Like Jared, Jared Walsh didn't back up home plate on a rundown and then a guy scores and that's how they lost. Right. And then they gave up more runs because Stassi, who's supposed to be this offensive catcher who hasn't hit anything this year, misses a ball and defense has been his issue. Right. He can't throw anybody out. It's just a slew of issues of an undisciplined team that kind of goes out there and just says, hey, let's let's try today versus like a team like the Dodgers that really goes out there and is like, we're going to win every single game we play. There's just not a mindset there in, in Anaheim. So, I mean, look, they're not too far. I know this is crazy to say, but the way their pitching's gone next year, they might be really good. But we say that every year. But their pitching was supposed to be their problem. It's not. It's their hitting. I mean, the Angels are finding a way to lose games that I've never seen before on a baseball field. Like, that rundown last night was, I don't know how, like, I mean, they're Major League Baseball players. Like, I don't you get, back up home, they're doing things that, like, not, Little things that I haven't seen on Major League yeah. fields. I haven't seen it on minor league fields, Little League fields, T-ball fields. Like, they're doing things that are basic, that they are just messing up night in, night out. And you said the hitting coach can't fire. I'd be surprised if everyone didn't get fired. There's no bright spot right now. 
with the Angels. Really? I, don't, I mean, they have the best ERA in the big since July 24th. Their pitching's been great. And what's their record since then? Well, they were I, five I, their out of ERA the last can six. be as low as they want if they're not. Yeah, they're but not the hitting has been the issue. The hitting is. Yes, they the can't pitching, hit. The pitching's been fine, but I mean, it's just they're so. But they're still losing. That's isn't not that the, the pitcher's fault. They were but, a surefire playoff point? team when when I started this yeah. show, and now now on my last day, we're talking about how they're, yeah. you know, how, how many games back are they? 18, 19 games back. It doesn't matter. I think they have a, a good basis for next year, a good base for sure. We'll revisit next year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and also you, you guys are like the, um, you're like the New York Yankees, or like you're like every single other team that's like, well, what what, uh, what about next year? What did the Brook, Brooklyn Dodgers say? Like, well. There's always next year. There's always, always next year. Or the Knicks right. or Cowboys. Yeah. These teams yeah. never win. Yeah. Or the Clippers. <laughs> always next year. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're Zero realistic. Rings. Here's the thing. We're realistic. Hey, if you want to bring that up, that's fine. When was like, you guys still are in a drought. So uh, a drought? Saying- Our ring was like two years ago. I, hey, I'll give you this, GA. I do think the Clippers are the favorite to win the NBA championship next year. Can I'd we really, please really watch Lakers-Clippers together? Absolutely not. I'm not watching it. Right <laughs> Absolutely not. Why? The Clippers Speaking always of, beat the Lakers in the season. Speaking of, we will find out the entire schedule Wednesday, but we do know one thing. When the Lakers and Clippers will play, it'll be October 20th, first time. It'll be on TNT, a Lakers home game. November 9th, Clippers home game. Uh, January 24th. Lakers home game and uh, April 5th Clippers home game. So that is at the very least the Lakers Clippers schedule so we'll have to get branded. I'll go to every one of those games. So here's here's my reasoning for why you don't want to watch a game with me. Arash has watched a draft with me and he has watched and this is just football. This isn't like my heart like this isn't a Duke game. So I'm just saying if you really want to watch one with me just be forewarned. It's not going to be pretty. I don't like like I can't like with Grant even when we go to the Clippers game. Clippers always beat the Lakers in the regular season. They're like what 35 in like 12 over the past like 10 years against the Lakers in the regular season. It's, it's just embarrassing honestly. I mean, welcome, welcome to what the original Clipper Nation world was back in the day. I mean, I like I've been a fan since '97 when we were garbage and had a horrible owner. Now we have a great owner, and now we have an actual viable team. So I just, again, I just I'm forewarning you. If you really, really want to watch a game with me, then that's fine. But it's just it ain't gonna be pretty. Uh, speaking of pretty or not pretty, moving on to basketball and the latest on the uh, KD saga. Mark Stein reports that an executive within the league says that KD would rather retire than play for the Nets. Kevin Durant later refuted this report by taking a Twitter shocker. Um, do you guys really think Kevin Durant would rather retire than play for the Brooklyn Nets next season? So he refuted the report. So I'm going to believe KD yeah, right. here because I don't think he's going to retire. I think, I mean, listen, right now the positioning and the posturing is next level. The fact of the matter is, I mean, the, I mean, I don't know who's talking to KD and telling him, by the way, to put it out there that he wants Steve Nash fired, that he wants Sean, Mark, Sean Marks fired. Um, again, reports don't come from nowhere, and Mark Stein is the absolute best. He's one of my all-time favorites, and, and so th- this didn't come from thin air. He's not a blogger out there trying to create a name for himself. So it came from somewhere, and, and, and so really KD's putting the nets kind of against the wall to say, trade me. And, and, and they're basically like, listen, if you were in a contract year, that's one thing. He's got four more years. He's a top five player. He still could potentially be the best player. So 
they have to figure out what to do here because this is not we're not even at training camp yet and now we're talking about guys retiring i want the the, the head coach fired i want the gm fired it's a messy situation. They have to figure this out soon. Yeah, from what, from all the reports and accounts that I've heard, that that organization right now is a dumpster fire, unfortunately. So I just, it wouldn't shock me if I, I don't think that Katie wants to retire. I just think that he's at the top of his game and he's like, I want to win and I want to be at the top of my game and be, and compete. So the trade, I completely see. I can see him being like, trade me. Get me out of here. Get me out of this dumpster fire mess. Um, The retiring, I just... And I'm sure it came from somewhere. Somebody had to say something. But I don't believe the retiring um, story. I mean, it's a threat to get traded. Kevin Durant loves to start drama. He denied it. But we know, I mean, if Stein's reporting this, that there's some validity to it, of course. One of the best reporters in the industry. KD's going to try and force his hand. The issue is, like, who's going to trade for him? I mean, we're going back to this. Like, who's going to give up a lot for him? Boston just went to the finals. Jalen Brown was better than Jason Tatum, and they're going to give Jalen Brown, maybe Marcus Smart or somebody else, and picks for a guy that was injury-prone just two years ago. And, yeah, he's a top-five player. But he couldn't get one game on them, right? And it just doesn't make sense. Like, KD has to understand, like... He's like, oh, my love legacy has never been this great. Like, okay, congratulations that you don't care what people think. You claim you don't care what people think, but he does, obviously, because he's on Twitter always, you know, heard about what people are saying to him. But it's like, dude, stay stay in Brooklyn and go try and win a championship. You got a good roster right now with Kyrie, Ben Simmons, TJ Warren. Like, I don't get, like, the NBA must know he's going to get traded by not putting the nets on Christmas. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, I can definitely see that. Question for you guys, though. Do you think that... Um, yes, he didn't get one on on uh, Boston, but do you think if he combined his talents with Boston that he would win a title with Boston? It just depends because any roster he's going to go to is going to look much different than what it looks. I mean, with, with the trade package, right? You could make an argument that his roster in Brooklyn is probably better than any roster he's going to land on because of how depleted it'll be after they make a trade for him. So, I mean, I have, I, I mean, probably because they don't trade Tatum. I, they were talking about Marcus Smart, but Boston didn't want to do that. So if you think it's KD, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, I mean, it's probably you, you're basically replacing Jalen Brown with Kevin Durant, which well, that's if they do that. In, which yeah, probably yeah, no. results. Don't they also want Marcus Smart? If. Yeah, you know, I just said that, but I don't know if oh, Boston yeah. seemed very reluctant to do that. I don't know what the it. rest of the package would look like. They got to be another impact. Player I'm sorry, now. I wouldn't so even probably trade. would have to be smart now that I think. About I wouldn't it, even I don't trade. Know who else it would be. I'm sorry, I wouldn't even trade Brown and picks for Durant at this point. Like, dude, Brown, Brown and Tatum have been playing together for five years. They have a camaraderie together. They just went to the NBA Finals, right? And they got Malcolm Brogdon for a bag of chips. They're gonna be better. They're gonna be better if Giannis and Middleton and like one of those guys goes down. Boston has a clear path to the final. Again, I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I'm just wondering if this did are happen. They if they did, are, you know, are they a championship contender? Of are course. they like just? Of course. Are they going to? How about this? Would they win a title? No, because any team in the West is going to beat any team in the East this year. Mm. Whoever comes out of the West, that is a bloodbath in the Western Conference this year. The weird thing about the Nets is that this Durant report, which, as you guys mentioned, Mark Stein, very credible. So it's it's kind of weird that. Durant refuted it that strongly and this comes they, they've had multiple reports like this about the Nets last week Kyrie Irving responded with a cap emoji uh, with a Rick Buecher report and then before that it was Ben Simmons leaving the group chat which was also refuted the point is that I don't think anybody really knows what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets we know that it's not good but I don't think we know 
where it's really headed because there's been so many conflicting reports almost on a daily basis at this point. But I do think, Jihei, yes, either with or without Durant, the Celtics are a serious, serious title threat. And they don't really need him, as Brandon mentioned. And I, I also would be opposed to breaking up a young core. You know, this is part of the player empowerment playbook, which is kind of just like, you can keep me here, but I'm going to make life really, really hard for you. And whether that's I'm going to retire, I'm not going to play, I'm going to pretend like I'm hurt. I mean, you're going to he's going to force his way out if he truly does not want to be in Brooklyn. And it's beginning to seem like he really, really, really does not want to be in Brooklyn. He'll find a way to leave. And because, listen, at the at you, the, the worst thing that happens is not only you do do you become a cancer within the team, the fan base sours on the player, the fan base sours on the team, and so no one wants to support a, a team and a player where the guy's like, listen, I, I don't want to be here, this is a terrible, I want the coach to get uh, fired, I want the GM to get fired, I'm going to retire, I'm going to leave. This is just the beginning. Guys, I mean, we're not even in September yet. So, I mean, this is going to continue, unfortunately, until he gets moved. And we'll see if that happens and when that happens. But it's be- it's it's beginning to become clear that, that, that he has to go. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Dave Smith. When we return on, on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown when the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend, the sports god himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? I'm good, Rosh. How's everybody? We are good. Our young friend here, Brandon Deutsch, actually went out to the Big A to see firsthand what you've created, the curse of the sports god. Uh, Dave, <laughs> this, this, this team is a train wreck. What the heck is going on? And on behalf of Brandon, what, what needs to happen for you to remove the curse? Well, there's only two ways the curse is removed. Uh, either I, I get a formal... Um, public apology uh, or they win the World Series. That's the, uh, w- one of two ways the curse can... And I think uh, B is not going to happen, it looks like, for a long, long time. And how, how, how about that parade of errors and uh, blowing that run down last night uh, when the Angels lost the 6-2? to two? That, that was unbelievable. 
Yeah, I mean, Dave, I was there. It was atrocious. It looked like, look, they played, they, their pitching has been number one in baseball since July 24th. That's the one thing going right for them. And then when they get to 2-2 in the, in the top of the ninth, simple. They could have gotten out at home and the rundown, and no one was, was like, backing <laughs> up home plate. These are simple things you'd expect from a professional baseball team. From a little league team, you'd expect the first baseman to come back around and, and back up home plate. But, no, that's how it started. And then Max Stassi, who's supposedly in for, for offense, who can't hit the broadside of a barn right now, is now dropping a ball when on another one. These are routine plays. I mean, the pitcher, Aaron Loop, he didn't pitch terrible to give up those four runs. These were all errors. Yeah, it's just it's just a, it's an atrocious thing, Dave. I know they have pitching, but man, now everyone went into the season, and this might be the curse of the sports god right here. Everyone went into the season saying the Angels they can't pitch. Well, now they can pitch. They can't hit. You know, everyone was like, oh, they have a great lineup. No, they don't. They have like seven guys that are hitting, not seven, but like five guys hitting one a buck fifty that in, are interchangeable in the lineup, and it's like. What do you do here? How do you move forward, right, Dave? It's this is just what do you do next season? What do you do if you're the GM of the Angels, Perry Minashian, in the offseason? What what's the first thing? Do you fire everybody? Do you just fire the hitting coach? Like what do you do? You trade Trout, uh, Mike Trout, which says I, it might be a little more difficult to trade him now with the spine issue. They should have done it after last year. So I was saying, and I think they got to move Otani too uh, and see what you can get for the two of them. His value has never been higher than it is now. And just uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, how much is it going to take for, for the Angels or anyone else to sign Otani long-term when, when he's a free agent after next year? If he was only a pitcher, and look, on a decent team, he's probably a 20-game winner. GRA is 2.6. I think he has 10 wins. He should have 15 by right now, 16, if he were on a good team. If he were only a pitcher with those numbers, he'd have a haul. He'd have a huge contract, hundreds of millions of dollars. If he were only a hitter, with 46 and 100 last year, and he's on his way maybe to 40 and 100 this year. <laughs> but you're getting you're getting a really good hitter and a great pitcher. How much is he going to get on, on the free agent market? I think he's going to set an all-time record. I'm thinking at least 500 million long term. 100 percent, Jake. You want to add in here? Yeah, um, yeah. He's going to get a lot of money, especially because he his contract now is. I don't know exactly what he's making. What's he making? Like eight million dollars, maybe a little yeah, less. Yeah, than that. But he'll not be making, he'll be arb eligible, arbitration eligible. In the but my my point yeah. more so being that when he gets this huge contract that he's going to get, he's kind of going to want to recoup some of the money that he probably should have been getting paid now. Um, so he's going to get a ridiculous amount of money, uh, Dave. But you know, I want to ask you about the other team in LA. Walker Bueller. Uh, got the news yesterday that he's not going to be making a return this year, out for the year with elbow surgery. Do the Dodgers have the starting pitching now to to win a World Series? Um, yeah, the starting pitching is still really good, but wow, with him uh, with him out and you know Kershaw with the problems he's had in the postseason, that's going to be a big issue come postseason. I don't think they're going to get to the World Series anyway, so I think this is uh, this is another big load of the Dodgers postseason. Yeah, Dave, I, I now wanted to ask you about the Lakers. There hasn't been much talk about them recently or anything in the NBA rather than the schedule coming out because of the simple fact that uh, Kevin Durant kind of has the league on lockdown right now and what he's going to do, what the Nets are going to do. Same thing with Jazz and Donovan Mitchell, although, although that's more like Donovan Mitchell's kind of leaning towards probably staying in Utah at least for one more season. But what do the Lakers can't I mean can they go into next season Arash has been saying this they can't go into next season with Russell Westbrook right I know they say they have options once KD is figured out but his situation may not be figured out until next summer 
Yeah, that's an excellent point. And are you willing to give up those uh, 27 and 29 first round picks to make a Kyrie Irving deal? Uh, I, I they, they've been unwilling to do so so far, but uh, I, I don't know. What kind of those picks doing you now, five years from now and the seven years from now, when you've got LeBron who won't be around at that point, you're trying to win another championship. Um, I think I might give up one of them. Uh, whether to give up both of them or not for Kyrie Irving, I'm not sure. But they're, they're kind of stuck here between a rock and a hard place with that Westbrook contract. And uh, I, I think it's going to have to try and be maybe a three-team deal, maybe a four-team deal to try to get something done. So the pressure is really on Rob Pelicka. And by the way, how about Kevin Durant telling Joseph Tsai he, he wants Steve Nash and uh, and Sean Marks fired, the coach and the general manager, with four years left on his contract? I kind of like the fact that Tsai said, hey, you know what, I'm committed to the coach and the general manager. I, uh, he, he has no leverage right now, as great as he is. At 34 years old, and you know, he had the Achilles surgery and the knee injury. I mean, to make demands like that, to have the coach and the general manager fired, I'm glad so far they've stood up to him and told him to get lost, which is what I would have done. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Dave. The NBA schedule is slowly getting released bit by bit. We do know that the Lakers will be on opening night against Golden State and also on Christmas against Dallas. Now, we don't know how many national TV games they're going to get in total, but I'm assuming it's probably going to be the league leader. In terms of the Lakers' uncertainty with the roster, which you just spoke about, Dave, do the Lakers deserve to be not only on opening night? I know that the Lakers brand and all that, but do they deserve to have the most national TV games with the uncertainty of the roster going forward? Uh, I, I guess so. Like we just said with the brand and uh, with the LeBron still uh, great and at the top of his game here, even at his, even at the age of 38. Yeah. I, I think that the Lakers, uh, you know, despite the problems that's here, they still bring in numbers and they still have LeBron, they still have AD and they're still a national presence. And, it's going to take AD stay. I think if, if AD stays healthy the entire year, which I think we all know isn't going to happen, and, and LeBron is still at the peak of his game, I, I, I think they're at least a play-in or maybe a, a six through eight playoff seed, even with Westbrook. But what are the odds of AD staying healthy? That, that, that's the problem. Uh, Dave, uh, your thoughts again, when I talked about this last week, it did seem like Tyson Fury was going to come back and now he's saying, oh, just kidding. I, I, I may not listen. We both know at the end of the day, a fighter can never truly retire. Uh, what's your thoughts? What will Tyson Fury do next? I don't believe for a second he's going to retire. Um, uh, he's, he, how many times has he retired already? It's kind of like Sugar Ray Leonard and Muhammad Ali back in the day. He's, yeah. I, I, I think if Anthony Joshua wins that rematch against Alexander Usyk, uh, that that's going to be one. Even I saw Tyson Fury's wife Paris in a, the other day, and she said, "Hey, you know what? If it's AJ, uh, that's going to be." Too much for Tyson to turn down. He would definitely take that fight. That's that'd be not only the biggest fight, maybe the biggest sporting event in British history if that happens. But I know he's going to fight again at least one more time, maybe twice. No, no doubt about that, Dave. I mean, how big will this Canelo Triple G, the trilogy, be in September? I mean, what can that do for the sport? Again, it's not quite as big as it was obviously the first two times that, that they fought. I still think it's a very significant fight. Your thoughts on what that could do? Because, again, it's always great when boxing gets the headlines. It's a big fight night night in Las Vegas. How big will that fight be? 
that's still a big fight. That, that might be the biggest fight in the division in the 160, 168 pounds. Not as big as it would have been a couple of years ago. I think uh, they should have had this third fight two or three years ago. But it's, it's still a big fight. And, and um, you know, with Triple G, and I know, Ross, you agree with me, Triple G won the first two fights. Now, how it goes at 68 with Triple G being 40 years old now is a different story. But I think Canelo coming off that loss takes a little bit of luster off of this fight as well. It's, it's definitely, I'm not feeling the buzz with this that I felt with the first two. Yeah, Dave, I wanted to ask you about both the Chargers and the Rams. A lot of people are picking both of those teams to win the division. Obviously, the Rams won the Super Bowl last season. They're the favorite to win the division, although don't count out San Francisco uh, yet, especially with what we saw from Trey Lance. I know it was preseason, yeah. but they look really good. Um, especially defensively, they'll be better. The Rams will probably still win the division. I mean, that's the pick of most experts. But the Chargers, they play in a, just a deep division. But I think they're going to win the division this year. I don't love Kansas City without Tyreek Hill. I think they'll be fine because Patrick Mahomes is an, you know, an all-time great, and he'll elevate Juju Smith-Schuster and others. The, the Raiders have a shot. Even the Broncos have a shot. But I'm picking the Chargers. What about you in that division, Dave? Yeah, I'm picking the Chargers, too. Uh, the, they're going to be better defensively this year with uh, you know with Mack and Bosa and company and the additions that they made. And uh, uh, the quarterback situation is solid, of course, with one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And I kind of like the coach as well. I, I, he took some criticism last year for, uh, you know, for rolling the dice and going forward on fourth down all the time, which I love, by the way. Um, maybe not quite as much as he does, but. I like the coaching situation as well, so I'm with you. I, I think the Chargers win the division. I think they're a real sleeper Super Bowl team this year. As but would anybody care if that happened in L.A.? You know, nobody goes to the games. Uh, most of the people are cheering for the other team. Uh, I'm wondering what a Super Bowl parade would look like for the Chargers here in L.A. If anybody would show up. Yeah, Dave. Um, the Detroit Pistons are going to open up the 2022-2023 season against the Magic in our first, you know, big rookie matchup of the year with Paolo Bancaro and Jaden Ivey. I think I know where you're going to go with this one, but if you had to put money down on your NBA Rookie of the Year, where are you going? Yeah, Jaden Ivey. Uh, as I've told you guys, uh, I thought he was the best pick, best player in the draft. I would have taken him first if I were Orlando. So I, I think he's going to be an NBA star, Hall of Fame caliber player. This kid is special. Not, nothing against the other guys who were drafted, who I, I think are all good players. This kid is special. If you saw him at Purdue, and uh, uh, he, definitely he's my pick for rookie of the year. He's going to get a lot of minutes. He's playing on a uh, on a team that's not very good right now, but I think a team that's on the rise with the young players they have. So, yeah, I think Rookie of the Year. And, Dave, I couldn't agree more. I've always said Jay Ivey was the best player in the draft by far. I even had Paolo as low as seven, although he might be jumping up yeah. my, uh, my board to like six or five. I still don't think he's a top four player of this draft. But um, And I'll, I'll go to my grave with that take, by the way, Dave. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Clippers now because this is an LA team that has a lot of expectations going into this year they haven't been healthy um, the past couple of seasons but they did go to the Western Conference Finals with just Paul George basically after Kawhi Leonard got hurt they had a great showing is this their year arguably the best roster in the NBA do the Clippers win the championship next year or do you think they have a legitimate shot I definitely think they have a shot uh, staying healthy they're a better team than the Lakers and it's all about Kawhi staying healthy because uh, he's, when you talk about two-way players and one of the best players in the league, you have to mention Kawhi Leonard. And he and Paul George, if he stays healthy, and the depth of this team is impressive as well. So, And I like the coach. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I like this Clippers team, and I think they're a real threat for the championship. But, of course, 
you look at the curse of the Clippers with Donald Sterling and and, and all, all all that's happened in their past, and the way that they've lost games and lost series in the postseason has been incredible over the years. So that's going to be a tough one to overcome. So, Dave, I mean, I think the same question for the Clippers is is similar to the one that you would have for the Chargers. Like, if they won a championship, like I don't think the Clippers are in a position to have a parade. Like, I think that they would have a rally, a celebration of some sort. I really think a parade, um, it, it would not look good, Dave. And so, like, your your thoughts on that. I think if the Chargers win the Super Bowl, they wouldn't, would not have a parade. And I really, <laughs> truly believe that if the Clippers won the championship, they're not in a position, I believe, to have, a like, a parade because the problem is you don't want to have a parade that only i don't know 20,000 people show up to <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah that, that it'll be interesting to see a clippers championship parade. I, I think there's a little more interest maybe in the clippers than there are with the chargers here in los angeles at least uh, the fans going to the clippers game are at least cheering for the home team for the most part in games <laughs> i've been true. to but i can't that that's a good point. Maybe maybe Ross, you know, some of these big fights they don't sell a lot of tickets here. They yeah. move all the fans all to one side of the arena to make it look like there's more there uh, on television. Maybe maybe that's what they'll do with the Clippers or Chargers parade. Maybe maybe fix the parade and put everybody in one spot and, and put the cameras on them. Dave, um, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice. Um, Hulu is coming out with going back to boxing. Hulu is coming out with a special on Mike Tyson. Are you going to watch it? And what do you think so far of uh, the previews for that? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, who who, who doesn't want to watch a Mike Tyson train wreck uh, with, with all this happened in his career? Who uh, Mike Tyson's a guy who moves the needle when it comes to television and documentaries and watching his old fights and ratings and pay per views over the years. Yeah, absolutely, I'll be watching. And uh, well, what? A, what a reclamation project he's been, you know, after going to jail and all the problems he's had and uh, to, to bounce back the way he is and to be popular now at this stage of his life. It's incredible how, how he's bounced back public wise. I'm just sitting here thinking about the fact that Ross just said the Clippers and, and Chargers can't have parades and the Clippers have been here since what, 84 and the Chargers have been here yeah. for three years. That That's crazy. Well, but well, here's the thing. No, no, Dave, but you're you, right. That's no, my point. Yeah, and, it's and, and, absurd. Dave, you know, the Clippers, they, they, didn't really move the needle until okay. So they maybe had like their, ten years well, ago. Well, they had their, like that, that one City. year that they made the, the playoffs with um, Helton Brand, Brand and Corey Maggette, but then they were terrible. And then Lob City really again again for the past ten years. Yeah. The the problem, Dave. I've always thought this is is, is they had a golden chance here while the lakers were one of the worst teams in the league they had one of the best teams in the league they never made the conference finals they never made the finals and here in los angeles you have to do that you have to be in the conference championship game you have to be in the finals and you have to win the whole thing so they had their chance they had their opportunity and not only did they not win over the past two years the lakers have won and i have a question for you do you believe that that's solely ownership and um due to the sterling era because we're now in a totally different era no listen it's hard to win so i mean steve ballmer is doing like everything right He's putting together a good product. They have a good coach. They have a good team. It's hard to win. So the Clippers are right now. They have they have one of the top teams in the league. But what I'm saying is during that period of time, that, that six-year period where the Lakers were the worst team in the league, you know, top five pick, didn't make the playoffs, the, Clip, the Clippers were good. 
but they didn't win anything. It's like it's like teams in professional sports have like windows to win yeah. championships. Right. Like that was the Clippers' window to like shift some fans and and grow their fan base and kind of take over part of the city, and they just didn't do it. And I feel like that window is even though they're one of the best teams in the Western Conference with two premier stars. Lakers of LeBron James. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's I, hard. I beg to differ only because growing up in this city for as long as all of us have, it'll always be a Laker town. It does not matter how crappy it the Lakers are, helped. how good. It, it, I mean, it would have helped, yeah, but it wouldn't, yeah. have, it wouldn't have swayed no, no, everybody no. over. Listen, you're not going to like overcome 16 championships at the time, 17 now. And by the way, I think the Chargers are kind of in the same boat where they both come into town. They have a chance to win over the fan base and during the, their time here, Dave, real quick, in the last two minutes, the Rams have won the Super Bowl. The Rams have gone to two Super Bowls. The Chargers have to win now absolutely they do um and you made a good point about the clippers as well about maybe the window being closed although they're still a really good team that series against houston what was that around five years ago exactly. where they had a three to one series lead and a and a 20 point lead in the third quarter of game five with a chance to close it out that they blew that. oh and then the denver series two years ago i think they had a three to one lead in that series yeah. with a chance to go to the nba finals uh, so when you see things like that happening, you think maybe maybe the window's closed for this team and the Chargers, uh, the Clippers and the Chargers both. Uh, I think they could both win five championships in a row, and I, I just don't think the city would care all that much. Uh, the Clippers are never going to catch the Lakers no matter how much they win in the foreseeable future as far as fan interest goes. You know, in the biggest problem for the Chargers here, I mean, yes, the Clippers had a cup of coffee in San Diego. They were named after the ships in San Diego. The Chargers were in San Diego for 50-plus years, Dave. So, I mean, I mean, the problem is if the Padres came to Los Angeles, they would be viewed as the San Diego Padres forever. And so that's the problem with the Chargers. No one views them like as a Los Angeles team yet. So, I mean, it's... Well, they should yeah. go back to San Diego. Yeah. That's, that's, they should have never they left. They never should have left. They should have never left. And, you know, I, I talked to friends of mine in San Diego, though, who are lifelong fans and... Uh, <laughs> they're, they're saying, uh, unless ownership changes, as much as they love the Chargers, they say stay up there in L.A. unless yeah. the team is sold. As, as long as they have the same ownership, they hell with them. We don't want them back, as much as they love the Chargers. So, and, you know, there's rumblings about misappropriation of funds, and uh, there's infighting among the Chargers' ownership group. Maybe the team will get sold, and hopefully it'll be to a guy with a lot of money who moves them back where they belong in San Diego. I mean, but, like, at the end of the day, they need a new facility. Qualcomm was so bad. And the beautiful thing about San Diego is if they had invested in a new facility, it would have been the home of the Chargers. It would yep. have been a, in the rotation for the Super Bowl and the Final Four and all these huge events. So we'll see if that happens, hopefully, in the future. Uh, Dave, you're the best. We'll do it again next week, my friend. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, as we bid adieu to our good friend Jake Dicker, <laughs> this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.